Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Well, my name is Christian Cargo-Samard. I'm the president and CEO of Aventus Mining Corporation. Was on this show a few months ago, I think it was April of this year, giving an initial pitch on, on Aventus. So who are we? We're a copper gold development company focused on Ecuador, the exciting geology of Ecuador. We have what should be the next major mine to be built in, in Ecuador, which happens to be one of the most economic uh, copper development projects in the world called El Domo. Feasibility study coming in October, ESIA submittal coming in October, exciting stuff ahead of us. At the same time, we're exploring for new discoveries in Ecuador, both new BMS targets as well as large-scale copper gold porphyries. Christian, welcome back. Good to, good to see you again. Um, we, indeed, we saw you back in April, had a kind of romp through um, the project, and people should I'll put a link below to that interview as well. I um, just want to talk about some of the things that you've been up to since we spoke. I guess we better start with the, with the, start with the positives. Which is you've made a discovery, a new uh, massive sulfide lens, and it's early days, but uh, numbers look good. Absolutely. So when we entered uh, Ecuador in late 2017 with the Salazars on on this Curipamba district, our view was like everyone says, VMS is occurring clusters. There's district scale potential, but until you actually discover a second uh, VMS lens, that's just a theory. Uh, we went in there with the view that airborne geophysics, which had never been done before, would be the holy grail of, of finding those uh, additional VMS lenses. We uh, identified 15 new targets. We started drilling for new VMS discovery in May of this year, and we hit almost immediately on this, uh, on this geophysical target called Aguasanta. About six and a half meters works out to be about five and a half percent copper equivalent. That's the same grade is El Domo, around 60 meters down, and that's five kilometers away from El Domo. So a brand, brand new system right on the road to, uh, to El Domo, and the rocks look really good. So people come in and tell us about anomalies, they talk about targets, but very, very, very few of them ever get to talk about discoveries. You've got two now, you made the announcements, market doesn't care, your share price is down. What's going on? This is extremely frustrating, I think, for the whole sector. Uh, Greenfield's expiration, is extremely difficult. I would I would bet, or my view is on up and coming jurisdictions like Ecuador, your chances for green fuels discovery is five percent. So one of any of every twenty targets you drill is is a is a discovery. If you were talking about more established areas that could be lower than as low as one to two percent. So normally a new discovery is a watershed moment. It's the excitement in the market. As you said, we made two discoveries this year. Stock goes up 5% the day of the discovery. Next day, it's down 8%. So that, then you start questioning, should you spend money on expiration? Does the market understand expiration? Um, we have very high bars set by some explorers in their business, like Philo Mining, like Solaris, like Solgold. It seems like uh, the market just wants to see one kilometer holes of 0.6% copper equivalent or better. And we have one of those targets within... Uh, Pamba call, or sorry, within Adventist called Santiago. Uh, but uh, it, bottom line is uh, something has to change in this market. Something, something's got to change because um, the commodity prices are doing a lot of heavy lifting for you, but people just aren't taking note of that. There's a real disconnect 
because um, so I'm talking about copper price specifically here, because uh, your, your, your grades are solid, you've made two discoveries, copper price is as high as it's been. What, what's the solution? What's the solution is you can't beat yourself up. You hope to have cash in your treasury to live another day. How much uh, do you have? Uh, we got 16 million US and we have uh, something, a real tangible value. And that's, that's our Eldomo feasibility study coming out in October with uh, project financing with other strategic alternatives underway. Um, so that's going to backstop the value. And on that basis, we are extremely cheap. We're trading around 0.3 times that asset value uh, for a real project that will start construction next year. Uh, so um, just need to put push that to the side and, and keep on moving along. But you told me you'd have the, the finance in place in, by July. You haven't. Well, it, people that know me know I'm pretty proactive. Um, and when you got what I say, the most economic copper development project in the world, of course, you want to push that as fast as you can to your construction decision. So earlier this year, we, we ran a process to uh, select a project financier. We have a fantastic package that is advancing through the different stages of definitive agreements, et cetera. A um, couple things, though, on the timing. Number one, it is helpful to have final or near final economics in the feasibility study before you lock in such a package. So that is all coming together as we speak, very, very dynamic. Number two, there's the aspect of M&A. And certain acquirers have their own sources of capital, lines of credit, cash flow, and they don't want to have uh, a project finance package uh, tied to a project. Uh, but it's at a point in the life cycle of a, of a company like ourselves, we do have a decision point. So we can wait a few months to determine uh, if there's an M&A transaction that makes sense. Um, but at a certain point, you have to get on your own execution strategy plan. And for us, that's January of next year. Okay, so, so it, it, project financing package is advancing. We haven't announced it yet. We're getting it to a point where we can press go with the you know, just the signature over the next few weeks here, and then we'll determine when we sign it uh, or not later this year. Okay, so two things going on here. One, which is being in control of your own destiny and putting a finance package together, which you know you've put together. And the second is M&A. You're suggesting you're not looking at buying something; you're looking at potentially selling the company. Is that is that what I'm hearing? I would say uh, most junior mining companies, if they've got an attractive asset like us, have to look at M&A as a potential uh, option for the company. Uh, an exit to a producer likely that has the construction team, all infrastructure in place, and it's just additive to them uh, going forward. And they're trading probably at 0 0.8, 0 0.9, one times NAV, and so they can end up paying a nice premium for an asset like, uh, like Eldomo. So we have several groups on, uh, under CA. They're waiting for the same information that the project financier is waiting for. And there's a natural uh, point to, to roll up your sleeves on this asset over the next few months from an M&A perspective. So a sale of asset. So you sale of asset, not company, right? So I want to be clear. That, that, that Whether it becomes a sale of Adventus or a sale of the asset, that's a tax uh, decision. But uh, whatever is best for the shareholders. Okay, so you're you're selling, not buying. 
Um, interesting. Uh, have you told Salazar? Well, Salazar's can make their own decisions, but uh, we work very closely with them and, and they're fully aware of what's on the table and, and there's great alignment there. Okay. So a conversation to be had. Uh, right. It, let, let's say, okay, you, you will come to us because there's a bunch of conversations going on at the moment. You'll, you'll come to shareholders and say, here are some options on the table. We're making a recommendation as to one, one of these. That's, that's potentially... What could happen next? I would say that come end of this year, uh, if you see an M&A transaction, our, our board has made a decision that that's a better route than uh, doing a project finance package. If you see the project finance package, that's because uh, we haven't found a solution from an, not a solution, but a, an option from an M&A perspective that makes sense. Right. So you haven't been able to find something which you think stacks up. So, so what, what were the options or what are the options that you're looking at in terms of, you know, standalone, if you wanted to do this yourself? And what, why, why is the pushback from the market saying, actually, no, we're going to charge you a little bit more than you want? So I'll take you through the, the thought process. Yeah. Uh, this asset at spot pricing has a net asset value of around $3 a share of Canadian uh, net, net to, to Adventist. We're currently trading at 87 cents. Uh, Upon completion of construction and re-rating as a producer, if we had the same metals price deck, you would be talking about three fifty to four dollars a share, uh, assuming everything uh, you know works as planned. Uh, so that's the advantage of uh, uh, or, or the thought process of going it alone. At the same time, we know building mines is the most difficult thing to do on this planet. So if you got an offer in the call it $175, $2 range for just Kuripamba, uh, that's something you have to consider. Difficult to do when you're trading the $0.87. Cents. Yeah, these, these are difficult yeah. conversations. Well, both options are difficult at, at $0.87 because um, you don't necessarily have the, the uh, mind-building team on board today. You'd have to go and find them, get them up to speed, finance them, and obviously put the finance together you know, for, the, for the total package. Right? That, that's and not we've appealing. we've been working on that. Is that but not that's, appealing? Uh, a big part of what the management team is working on right now is uh, building the execution plan, identifying the people to fit the, the the key roles. And there's a big financial commitment that comes along with that. So if you're going to go down the project finance route, that means you're indicating you're going to build your own team and that trains left the station. Uh, doesn't mean you can't do M&A after that, uh, but um, it, uh, you're starting to do the heavy lifting, uh, starting to be a bigger break fee uh, if an M&A transaction came along, et cetera. Uh, and we want to be in construction by October 2022. Do you think if you'd done, had this conversation this time last year, you'd have got a better reception than, than now? See, the market's come off a bit. I think some of the institutions have cooled a little bit. A lot of capital has been deployed. Is it just a timing issue? Last year, we, we raised 38 million bucks at $1.27 a share. Uh, we had an institutional roster there of close to 40. Uh, we've lost quite a few of them. We've gained a few. Uh, there, there was definitely an expectation on the expiration side of things uh, to make a major new discovery. Well, we made two, as we discussed. That wasn't, that wasn't uh, sufficient enough for the market to um, react. And uh, investors are, a, I don't want to say ADD, but they're they're expecting uh, share price performance, and and they're not going to wait just for the the feasibility study to come. So it's been disappointing. 
uh, we've, we've had millions uh, of, of shares of selling here this summer uh, from, from multiple institutions, but we've been executing on the business plan. We, we have the feasibility study on track, the ESA on track. We have been drilling all of our projects. We're hopeful to have a new discovery in all three projects by the time we have to go back to market. Um, what can I say? Well, I don't, I don't know, Christian, because you, you're, you're known as a good marketeer, a good markets guy. You've got some big players in country, the, the Soul Goals, the Philos uh, in, in, in country. You're, the grades that you're putting out in the headlines are good. Have you not been able, and you know, VMS suggests real, real scale to this. So what, what was the moment or what are the things that you think has is caused institutions to flock away somewhere else? Is it just just the market or is it something that you've done or not done? We, we are in the trough of the Lausanne curve for, for, for those that understand that. So we're in the most boring part of the life cycle of a mining company where we're spending big money, but we're not delivering uh, what would appear to the market as value add uh, activities. That all has culminated into the feasibility study and hopefully a re-rating uh, based on an advanced an advancement of the project. But then the first question people ask is, how are you going to finance that? That's why we have the financing solution in place. And I think the market will be very surprised in how li little dilution, equity dilution is required to build this project. Um, th this is now a 12-month waiting process for, for that to come out, but, but, on, but on plan. Uh, lots has happened over the 12 months, as you mentioned, mar market dynamics. Are we inflation, deflation? Is there going to be another wave, a wave of COVID? Uh, and then there's the expiration side of things. Uh, as, as mentioned on the three projects, there might have been higher expectations in the market. So I've got to balance that, of course. Uh, so in, in, in my view, uh, the real issue in terms of bringing new institutions on is why buy now? rather than just wait for the feasibility study in the fall. Um, and then I can uh, review that study and determine if I should buy then or not with views of what catalysts after that. And, and I've got some very astute uh, existing investors that have asked that question. And the, the answer to that question being solely on valuation doesn't work in this market. There's lots of cheap things out there. So you really need to try to prove that you've got a viable strategy and you've got a project that can be financed or has viable M&A and then becomes a, a, a trust issue on the CEO and the company kind of delivering on, on the various aspects. So uh, I make my case uh, and we've got decent buying but decent selling right now. And I guess the truth will be in the in the studies that come out in, in the fall. Well, the market's expectations high because you set them high. So you're a good markets, you're a good front guy, really good markets guy. But did you oversell it? I mean, would you do anything differently? Absolutely not. We did a very large financing last year in relation to the market cap, uh, but that set the path to de-risking the company and being in a position to, uh, to build a fantastic mine. And also whether the potential um, storm of the Ecuadorian elections, which turned out to be quite favorable, uh, it also allowed us to drill multiple targets for new discovery. So uh, did we take too much? Some people might say that. Um, I think it de-risked the company for the future, as mentioned. Uh, would I do anything different? Well, 25 of the 38 million we raised 
was going to go to the feasibility study in the ESIA. That's on budget, on track. That's your classic Lausanne curve, boring uh, activity. Uh, then when you add on fees and, and GNA, or you subtract that from the 38 million, you're left with, uh, call it seven, eight million dollars for expiration. And we've been spending that. And people need to understand expiration is a roll of the dice. It's very, very high risk. And we made two discoveries. So would I have done anything different? No. Uh, we're, we're exactly on track. We've had some extra wins along the way, monetizing some non-core assets, buying part of our construction camp, uh, et cetera. Uh, so no, I wouldn't have changed anything. If I look at Bramadaros, the um, uh, sun, the Sunstone uh, guys, the Aussies, um, they've kind of hit sort of 350 meters of you know re reasonably interesting uh, mineralization. Their share price has gone through the roof. So it makes me think there's nothing wrong with Ecuador, or at least the Aussies don't think there's anything wrong with Ecuador. You, you talked about obviously the elections being sorted out, and, and President Lasso making some quite positive noises about the importance of mining um, to the country. Um, do you feel that people haven't, sorry, people in North America have not understood um, that, that they are still giving you the Ecuador discounts? I mean, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to understand this because if I look at 115 million market cap, you seem to be valued on probably just El Domo, nothing for Pahili, uh, nothing for Santiago, nothing on expiration. I mean, would you agree with that? First of all, well, we don't need to be valued on Pahili and Santiago. Uh, like you say, just on Curipamba, and we're, we're trading at uh, 0.3 times that asset value. That, that, that's just bonus uh, to the story. There is definitely a difference in the market backdrop between Australia and Canada. Um, almost all of our Australian investors have left the story uh, because of the um, expectation of, of quick returns. Um, it wasn't really congruent, I guess, with our longer term strategy. Uh, I don't think there's an Ecuadorian discount uh, right now. Um, definitely uh, Solaris has been, if not the best, uh, kind of top three best performing base metal stocks in the world in Ecuador. Um, it's probably more a function of where we are in the development of the project um, and, and that Lausanne curve uh, trough. It's not an issue of not having institutions on the register. We've got about 35 still on the register. We've got arguably one of the best uh, registers for, for junior mining. Um, uh, when you have though large institutions that want to exit the story in the middle of the summer, uh, there are only limited buyers out there. Um, and so there can be a disconnect between the buying and selling and that's where you get selling uh, off of the share price and then selling can lead to more selling. For example, on, on Friday, we were the second highest volume traded, uh, traded mining company in the TSX. Uh, and we've had multiple insiders buying here in the last few months. And the stock still has been going down. Must be, must be tough to wrap your head around. The first lesson you learn when you run a, a junior mining company is uh, you need to have thick skin. Don't get the market trading to get you all upset. It is, it's just a reality. Uh, Six months from now, those selling uh, may wish they didn't sell. Right. So given that expiration is not being rewarded at that moment, I think that is a common narrative. Um, and and there's, there's definitely there's been a lot, the last six weeks have been 
eight weeks have been quite painful for um, mining equities. Um, do you do you think this thing gets moving again? Or do you just sit back and get on with the business of running your your company? You've got sixteen million bucks, and it's in a meaningful way, you can kind of crack on at whatever speed you choose. You've got an M and A discussions going on. Um, so maybe even you're even less incentivized to do too much at the moment. I mean, how, sh- how should we look in on, on the company and how it's behaving? We've never been busier at Aventus. It's heads heads down, uh, deliver the feasibility study, deliver the ESAA. We've got a drill rig turning the new discovery. We've got a drill rig at this our Santiago project. We're developing the next target at the Pahili for discovery. Uh, so exploration of three projects. And this big uh, outcome coming in in October. I've lined up uh, up to 250 million US of project finance. That's 100% of the capex we need to get to commercial production. And we've got M&A discussions. It couldn't be a better dynamic for the the market cap and size of company we are today. Forget what the market's looking at uh, uh, right now or trading at. We will re-rate going into the fall. and it's a question of uh, which path we're going to take, uh, construction on our own or sale of the company. Okay, interesting. Okay, so 250 million you've got lined up, but you think it's too expensive. Right, that's what you said earlier. And you've got conversations going on. So I want, you, you mentioned a couple of things which I did want to ask about earlier, which is obviously uh, Pahili. You, you, there's a release came out. You, you kind of clipped the edge of something there. You're not quite sure. How much more drilling are you going to be doing on that? Before the feasibility study comes out. Oh, you mean on Aguasanta discovery uh, in the Kuripama district? No, I mean the, the Pahili uh, project. The Pahili project is a, is a porphyry project uh, that, which surrounds Southern Copper. Southern Copper is uh, in the midst of a feasibility study on a on a billion ton porphyry project. So we last time we spoke, we had just made a new discovery. Like like I, I think you're suggesting, we clipped um, an overprinting scar and mineralization on the porphyry. We've been working on following up that with low cost uh, test fitting, but also uh, grooming the next four free targets within that district. There are 18 that we've identified through airborne geophysics. And there's one that looks really good called the PATO target. Uh, it's a copper gold porphyry, large surface uh, showing. Uh, so the geochemistry and the test pitting has confirmed the geophysics. It will be drill ready in October. Question is when we're going to drill that, uh, and that the, the current thinking is drilling early next year, but based on the final target generation work over the next month, month and a half, we may have a surprise in October. A surprise, as in you may go early on the drilling, or a surprise, as in right, okay, yes. but you're not drilling at the moment. Is this also probably because you feel exploration is not being rewarded? So why why bother? Why spend the money? No, no, it's easy to say that, but the reality is we're in we're in Ecuador to make major new discoveries, and one day you might you know show up with a kilometer 0.6 percent copper equivalent, and then you're five dollars a share. We do need to set aside uh, a reasonable portion of our treasury. We've talked. I think last time we talked about 15 percent of our treasury for exploration. We're going to continue to do that with surgical drill programs on well put together targets. Definitely not an expectation of market right now. I'm not talking about uh, kind of big success, but we will continue to to run these small programs on these targets, and one of them is going to hit. Okay. And what about San- what about Santiago? You said you've got a drill there. Are you actually drilling? Yeah, we, we we moved a drill there to the project, 
after years of uh, social consultation with local communities, we have uh, made good progress there. We are continuing to work on, on uh, communities that are outside of the project area, so 50, 100 kilometers away, which are more indigenous. Uh, that's going to take a little bit more work, but we are in the field and we do plan to drill 3,000 meters uh, this year. Okay, you, you plan to, but do you need to resolve the local issues first to be able to It is prudent on that? to continue the community relations activities, especially with the indigenous population. Okay. And we're making good inroads there too, but for the the size of this prize, it's best to get it right. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, okay, well, look, I mean, Kristen, that's that's a sort of solid update. So you, I think big message for me, I thought I was going to be talking about was the new VMS discovery, but it seems to be M&A, uh, as in selling asset or company, maybe the big well, topic. It, it, it's a new narrative, that that's for sure. We didn't talk about it last time, but... Uh, I think it is um, an exciting opportunity. I don't think investors really buy for M&A and solely M&A, but to have that on the table to add to the optionality with everything else, I think is interesting. And I think the Lasso election and his new policies have been uh, very supportive for companies to start looking for projects in, in Ecuador and let's say the next mine in Ecuador. Lasso just recently, just a few weeks ago, signed a decree uh, fast-tracking mining projects uh, at our stage, but also earlier stage projects, making mining a, a real priority of his, his mandate. And he is declaring our project, as well as a few others, a project of national interest. So basically setting up a task force for each of those projects to deal with issues that might arise during his term. He set out a, a, a goal of $2 billion in, of spending in mining over the next four years. You only get there if you start building some mines or if new mine bills are part of that. We're the next one. Uh, so there's definitely very good discussions having been had not only with Lasso, but all ministers to make sure our project stays in the fast track. And those are discussions we can share with M and A uh, groups as well. Okay, so I'm, I'm just going to be clear. I want I want to leave this conversation be 100 clear about what's, what, what's been said here. It, you're talking M and A, and it's a nice option to have on the table. Are you talking M and A just to get people to start paying attention to the story, because the expiration is not doing it, and um, you know you, you make an announcement like a, a second discovery. Like I say, those are rare as hen's teeth. Uh, and no one's paying any attention. I mean, where should we be looking? Yeah, I, I mentioned M and A uh, because in, some investors are probably wondering where's the project finance package, and it's uh, it's an honest response to a dynamic company like Adventus is. Uh, so I'm adding it to the equation uh, along with the project finance package and everything else going on. Uh, I guess this call maybe I sounded frustrated or down because of the, the lack of. Uh, response from expiration. I need to talk through that, though. Uh, I think it's important to, to to hear where my head is at and uh, why our share price is where it is, and maybe some investors have overlooked some pretty interesting uh, discoveries. Certainly, making a new discovery in the Curupama district near El Domo is very strategic, especially from an M&A perspective. We now potentially have a real track to get to. 20, 30, 40 million tons of VMS, which grows the potential acquire universe from 
a billion dollar producers to potentially three, four, five billion dollar producers. Uh, and that, that, that's material. Or on an M&A transaction, rather than paying the low end of the range, you pay the higher end of the range because of that, that potential. So that hasn't been uh, recognized in the market, but it definitely has been recognized by corporates that are looking at the company. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.